0: الحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدًا عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالأدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا. فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ظلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا تتخذوا اليهود والنصارى أولياء بعدهم أولياء بعده ومن يتوله منكم فإنه منهم إن الله لا يهتل قوما ضالين رمشح صدري ويسل لي أمر وحل العقدة من لساني يقه قولي والله Wallahumma عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله I'd like to start today's uh, brief khutbah by reminding myself and you of three simple things that we have to take into consideration when we try to understand Allah's book. The first of them is something Allah says Himself: الله هي The word of Allah it in fact is in the highest place we don't put anything when we're interpreting the word of allah when we're trying to understand or benefit from the word of allah nothing comes above the word of allah because allah himself says the word of allah is in its highest in the highest possible place so nothing overrides allah's words that's the first thing a believer has to internalize that seems simple enough the second is that it's important to understand two kinds, and the second and third, I'll merge them, there are two kinds of context. And so let's talk about context for a second without the Quran. A few friends are hanging out with each other at a restaurant, one of them makes a joke, the other one says, man, you better stop, I'm gonna kill you. He says, I'm going to kill you. In that context, that statement is a joke. You cannot take that friend to court and say attempted murder. and You cannot hold a trial against him. Because even though the words, I'm going to kill you, in another context, could mean attempted murder or intent to kill, it could. But in that context, all it means is the joke, You, you better stop. You better stop. So without context, without understanding the situation, we can't just look at speech, and say, I know exactly what this means. Because the words can be exactly the same. But the meanings you get from those words don't just come from the dictionary, they come from context. Many of you that are married may be very familiar with this concept. You text your wife, I'm going to be late from work. She texts you back, okay. Sometimes that okay actually means okay. Other times that okay is It's it's the alarm of death. If you said anything else, I would have been fine. Now I'm getting nervous because you wrote okay. Because okay sometimes means everything except it's not it's okay, <laughs> right? So you know that sometimes words can have a multiplicity of meanings. And where do those meanings come from? Who is speaking? When are they speaking? How are they speaking? What situation is it that all of that is what context? That is context. The Qur'an is Allah's perfect speech. But unfortunately, it would be very dangerous for you and me to stop, think to, to think that the Qur'an should be understood without any context. It would be really dangerous. Then okay would not be okay. That would become pretty pro- profoundly serious. And people, you might end up saying things. I might end up saying things about my deen, about the word of Allah, that are completely against the intent or the meaning that Allah says. All because I have no respect for this one thing called context. So let's dig into context a little bit more. Now we're coming to the Quran. Two kinds of context. Every Muslim should know this. Every Muslim should know. First, the word of Allah is the highest. The first kind of context and the second kind of context. The first kind of context is historical context, situational context. When was this said? Who was this said to? What situation was this dealing with? Because you know as a physician for example, the, same, the, 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 the patient is given very precise prescription. When the, when, the, when the doctor says you need surgery, you cannot quote the doctor and make a poster out of it and send it to everybody as if he said it to all of them, you all need surgery. No, he looked at a very specific patient, with very specific circumstances, and decided, this one needs surgery. So, co- the first of them, historical context, or situational context is, who is being spoken to, when was this said, how was this understood, how was it responded to, you have to know that situation. That's one kind of context. In our, in our study of, in, in of tafsir, uh, the ulama call it sabab nuzul the context of revelation. But it's a much richer topic than that. Then there's a second kind of context. The second kind of context is what, what you can call textual context. What that means is, Allah is giving us a speech, a surah is a speech of Allah. And just like I'm giving you a speech right now, if somebody took the recording of my speech, and just took a one second clip, I'm going to kill you. If they took that, then they took that speech out of the rest of the transcript. If this was a transcript, they just took that one quote from the middle. They can turn it into anything. And if they have my authentic voice, I did say it. I did say, you know what Nuhana Khan said to me? He said, I'm gonna kill you. Let me play the recording. They could do that. You know what they're doing? You know what they're violating? They're violating textual context, speech context. When someone is speaking, there's a beginning, middle, and end, and there's a continuity of thought. It's one continuous flow, and if you pull something out of its textual context, you might get something else. And if you keep it in its context, you'll get something else. I'll give you an easy example of that from the Qur'an. Allah says, Tawailu lil Musaleen. The worst pit of hell is for the people who pray. It's in the Qur'an. You can take it out of context. Textual context, not read what's coming, not read what's before and just read It's an ayah, ayah Qur'aniya فِيهَ Let's contemplate this ayah Allah said, I don't want to pray, why don't you want to pray? I read in the Qur'an, I saw a calligraphy, I even have a A beautiful calligraphy poster of this ayah in my home In the living room, that's why I don't pray Because it says, No, hum No. The worst kind of hell is for people who pray to show off. To who pray and take it as a joke. Who make a mockery of the prayer. The prayer is something very serious. By the way, that's very understandable, because if you're standing in front of the general of the military and you're chewing gum and spitting it out while all the other soldiers are marching, you're gonna get it. Because that's not just a defiance of the general, that is a, a violation of the military protocol and that's another human being. That's just a human being. Now can you imagine you and I stand, <clears throat> we're standing in front of our Rabb, we're standing in front of Allah, there, there's a protocol, there's a way you're supposed to stand. So when people make a joke out of that and do it for ingenuine reasons, it's serious. That's context. So what I wanted to do in a few minutes is actually describe. I wanted to dedicate this khutbah to an ayah of Surah Al-Ma'idah, which I've heard so many times taken out of context that I decided at least I should say something about it. Surah Al-Ma'idah is the last surah of the Qur'an given to the Prophet ﷺ before he passes away. So even though it's the fifth surah of the Qur'an, it's one of the latest, if not the latest, Madani surah, to be given to Rasulullah, it is the finishing touches of the religion, the completion. Which is why it has the ayah dinakum. Today I have perfected my religion for you. And I've completed my favor on you. And I'm content with surrender as your religion, Islam as your religion. That ayah is in the surah. It's the last of them. In this ayah in this surah there's an ayah. Allah says, now I'll translate for you, Ya amanu, La Wan Nasara Those of you who believe, don't take the Jews and Christians as now I'll translate badly first. Don't take the Jews and Christians as friends. uba they are only friends of each other. And then he says, منهم, And whoever becomes friends with them among you, then he is considered among them. Certainly, Allah, He does not guide the wrongdoing people. What did you learn from this ayah? If you become friends with a Jew or a Christian, then Allah will never guide you, and you will be considered a Jew or a Christian. That's what the ayah seems to be saying. But I started by saying two kinds of context. First of all, the word of Allah is in the highest place. So we can never challenge the word of Allah. What Allah says is true. But to get to that truth, you need context. You need context. And the two kinds of context are historical and textual. So from a historical point of view, this surah is coming at the very end of the seerah of the Prophet Mecca has been conquered. We are about to take on the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire by and large is a massive, massive, massive Christian empire. You realize this. And we're about to engage in military engagement with them. And they have proxies in the Arab lands. Even down to Syria and some parts of Hijaz, they have people that report to them. That report to the Christian empire. And we are about to take on a mightier power than ever in the history of the the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ. That's around the corner. That's coming, that engagement is coming. And in that context, Allah uses the word. First of all, we, now we understand the Christians. Okay, we're about to go to war with the Christian empire. So we're not sure if I just become friends with somebody. Hey, what are you doing in town? Yeah, I'm with the Muslim military, we're just going through. And your friend from back in the day makes a few calls and before you know it, the, the opposing military has intelligence on your whereabouts. It's a serious matter. Right now, you, this is not a casual situation. The other group that was mentioned was the Jews. The Jews that tried to espionage the Prophet ﷺ while he was living in Medina. Their tribes attempted the murder of the Prophet ﷺ multiple times. So even if you might be naive and you might have a good friend, don't, uh, don't be too trusting because they might leak information that can be hazardous to the Muslims. Because when you are in a military situation, information is actually highly classified. It's highly, highly classified. You have to control the flow of information. Now let's come to the word friends. The Qur'an in Arabic language use the word Khalil for a friend, Sadiq for a friend, Hamim for a friend, Wali for a friend. There are several words for friends in the Arabic language. And one of them is Wali. And actually it doesn't technically mean friend. Wali ul amr means someone who is responsible for, for something al-amra, He took responsibility for it. The kind of friend, if I'm leaving town and I say, here's my house keys. Now you're in charge of the house, you have the keys to the car, you have my bank account information, that kind of person would be a wali. Why? Because he is now in charge, you trust him so much, that you give him charge of private matters, your home, you trust your family with this person, you trust your money with this person, and you handed him the keys. When you're ready to hand somebody over the keys and entrust them completely, and they take that responsibility, they have the, you know they call it in modern times, the power of attorney. When they have the power of attorney, they're a wali. The Qur'an is not telling us, don't be friends with the Jews and Christians, so your apartment next door has a Jewish guy, you used to be friends with him, then you attended a halakha and you heard, don't take Jews and Christians and your as your friends, and you know, your neighbor comes and says, you want to go play some basketball? No, لا بَعْضُهُمْ And slam the door. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا No, 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 no. They were, and let me show you from the Qur'an why that's not true. Same surah. We, we won't even go to a different surah. We'll stay in the same surah. Allah says, <laughs> Okay, he says the food of those who were given the book before you is permissible for you. And your food is permissible for them. Pay attention to Allah's words. Their food is permissible for you, your food is permissible for them. Okay, people use this ayah to discuss whether they can go to McDonald's or not. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you something else, let's go back to that time, historical context, right? In that context, there is no Burger King or McDonald's. Where do you eat the food of the people of the book? When you go to their house. When do they eat your food? When they come to your house. If they are not your awliya, if they they can't be your friends, why are you going to their house? Why is Allah saying eat their food? Okay, eating. when people meet each other and they become close family friends and they come over to your house and they eat your food and you will go over to their house and you eat their food, then eventually family connections form and your cousin and their, cousin, their niece or whatever, they might even discuss marriage. And what does Allah say? Good women among the people of the book. min utul Kitab. I'm not discussing whether you can marry a Jew or a a Christian woman, that's not what I'm here to discuss, but I will tell you, when Allah says that even good women among them are acceptable for marriage, when Allah says that, I will remind myself the word of Allah is in the highest place. Why would He tell me that it's permissible for a believer to marry one among those, that if I become friends with them, I will burn in hell. I will be counted as a Jew or a Christian. (laughs) Does that make any sense to you? To take an ayah from its context, you can come up with a completely different conclusion. It's, it's not Qur'an at all. But it sounds like it. And it sounds like you're really committed to your deen. We are actually supposed to be the best to our neighbors. A hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam about 40 neighbors in each direction. You think all the neighbors are Muslim? How are you the best to them and you can't even be friends with them? How, how are you supposed to be that way? How many Sahaba became Muslim because their friend was a Muslim, was already a Sahabi. And they were Jews and Christians. They weren't treated like enemies. All of this discussion that happens now, that sounds like it's really pure Islam, is actually a disservice to the historical context. It's a disservice to the textual context. Because the ayat before and the ayat after, I didn't even even talk to you. There's not enough time to talk about the textual context. But explore it on your own, this is ayah number 51 of Surah Al-Ma'idah, start from the beginning, study the Surah, study the Surah, because we don't take ayat. jaalul Quran Quran complains, Allah complains, there are people who took the Quran and tore it to pieces, they took one piece, you know, how are they going to learn even about the deen? And some of, some people take shahada, they take shahada and their mother is still Christian, their father is still Christian, their brother or sister is still Christian. Some people take shahada, their wife is still Christian, the children are still Christian or Jewish, and then they, they co- come to a misunderstanding of this ayah. I can't have a connection with any of my family because. Ridiculous. If you don't show them the beauty of this deen and you don't show them the perfection of character with more mercy, more kindness, more care, more generosity, how will they know this is the deen that was given to the one? sallallahu who came to perfect all the best manners. How would they even know? So the, the main point of my khutbah was actually that we should understand the Quran with care. We shouldn't just jump to conclusions. You feel you heard it and you pass it on. We should understand the Qur'an with care, and to, to apply that care, at least make an attempt to try to understand. If you don't know, try to find out from somewhere what is the historical context what is the textual context and maybe that will help us better understand something that Allah Azza wa Jalla is saying barakallahu li wa lakum fi al-quran al-kareem wa naf'ani wa iyyakum bi ayatihi wa dhikrihi al-hakim alhamdulillah wa kafaa